Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you, Vanessa. Let's go straight to Melbourne and get an Australian Open update as we head towards day 10. So quarterfinals continue Today, uh, we're starting to get those semi-finalists locked in. An update thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar is landing soon. Brett Phillips is on the line. Good morning to you, BP. So the lineup today is going to be interesting. We'll get to that in just a sec. But from what happened overnight and late yesterday, your take on the first round of quarterfinals, men's and women's? Well, I thought, uh, Maddie. good morning. I thought uh, Victoria Azarenka, I mean, I'm all for the older player who's still got, you know, something to give at the highest point of the game. I love love seeing someone in their 30s have a little bit of a renaissance. And, you know, this is uh, the first time that uh, Victoria Azarenka has got through to the semis uh, since she won a decade ago in 2013. And last night, she made a real statement. And it's just changed the narrative a little bit for me. I mean, I've been bullish on Sabalenka. Even Rybakin has win yesterday. The Wimbledon champion has elevated um, you know, her in my thoughts. And now Victoria Azarenka, you throw her into the mix as well because she's been there and done it. And, I mean, she's still a great athlete. She's 33 years of age. Not many in their 30s. We know Serena, the last to win in her 30s back in 2017. So it's become uh, a younger um generation winning the major trophies in tennis but gee her return game last night I mean it was just brilliant if she's returning deep like that and putting pressure and you know she's still feisty and competitive then she's going to be a handful I think you know Rybakina and Azarenka as a matchup you know Sabalenka yeah I, I think still is the player to beat but there's probably a few little scenarios to play out here and and Carolina Pliskova I mean mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity for her I mean she's been number one she's made a couple of finals but I wouldn't underestimate her opponent today, who's the most unlikely of all the quarterfinalists, Magda <laughs> Lynette, because she, if she gets Pliskova on her bike, it's a pretty simple game plan against Carolina. You've got to move her because she doesn't like moving uh, that much. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating end to the women's uh, side of things. Just on the Victoria Azarenka side, so we, we've been um, discussing this morning just over the first half hour of my program, and I played the audio from last night, BP, at the post-match press conference where she referenced the fallout from 2013, as you mentioned, her last major win, which was here. So she spoke about the fallout from that and the fact that we're not heroes and villains, she's saying it, and kind of calling out the media again. You're there every day. You've seen this over and over again, and and this is part of what they do for a living. But there seems to me to be a bit of a tide turning. Alex Demonor calling out the media reporting of his loss to Novak. Novak calling out the reporting of his injury. Vicky Azarenka last night was very forthright and and very eloquent, I've got to say, even with a couple of swear words in there, but very eloquent on where she thinks this all sits. Is there a bit of a tide turning, do you reckon? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because uh, I, I don't sort of sit in that uh, that media pack of uh, people. I know I know uh, there's a media pack that follow the tour, and you know they're there every single week. Uh, so the the um, players are very familiar uh, with the media pack who are following the tour pretty much uh, all year round. And 
Yeah, they all come from, you know, different narratives. Um, you know, the headlines that uh, will come out of uh, a certain press conference, you know, not everything's included and not everything's put into context. Um, I mean, she's had, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she's had a really fascinating life, uh, Victoria. And, you know, she rose really quickly. Uh, you know, could have, at the time she won the two Australian Opens, I mean, it was the thought process that, you know, she could have maybe gone on to win 10 or 15 majors and her career hasn't quite panned out the way she would have imagined. And then she's had a lot of things to deal with um, away from the court. You know, growing up in Belarus too, went to America very young. It's a really interesting backstory with Azarenka. She's mm. faced a lot of adversity across the journey. And I think, you know, she likes to give people that little bit of perspective of how tough it's been uh, for her on the tour, and I, I love listening to a player who's you know older. I, lo- I loved listening to Agassi in his thirties, um, just to, almost like a different person and the perspective they give of being a professional tennis player. So I, I think from here, I, I'd love to see her actually win it. Mm. Uh, I don't know if she can. It's, it's you know it's this tough competition ahead, but um, yeah, I, she's playing some really inspired tennis right now. Hey, um, Stefano Sitsipas knows his way around a court, but he knows how to get an audience on side, doesn't he? And he, he played it, I reckon, beautifully with Jim on court, especially trying to whip the Aussies into a frenzy. Because if I think down the track, and everyone is, he's more than likely, if he makes the final, more than likely comes up against Novak. If he knows that he can get a 2 5 yeah. 10% edge out of the Aussie crowd, then he'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you'll need every bit of help if that's uh, the matchup or anyone that's going to face uh, Djokovic from here. Uh, get the crowd in your corner. I mean, there's a lot of natural sort of Greek support. I mean, I set out you know, for the last couple of sets against Sinner after calling the first two the other night. And yeah, a huge uh, chorus of support for uh, for Stefanos. I mean, he only had one yeah, little blemish last night with the ball kid and that could have turned a little ugly, uh, you know, in, in his frustration. So the players have got to control that better. But look, his tennis was terrific. Uh, Lehechka was a really good opponent, putting an asterisk next to him, one to follow this year. Uh, really super player, good athlete. Um, but Pass, yeah, look, this is a great opportunity. I mean, who knows? I mean, Novak looks almost unbeatable at this stage. Uh, but Sitsipas, you know, such a great player to watch. Uh, he's got every part of the court covered. He's dynamic. He can just have little moments where he lapses a little bit. But, you know, that's it's very hard to have it on your terms all the time when you're playing uh, against, the, you know, the fellow top men on the tour. Uh, but, look, he, uh, yeah, he's a pretty savvy sort of guy. He's a bit quirky. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's interviewed, he, uh, he sort of goes off on tangents. He takes you on different directions. But... Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty compelling to watch. He did his homework with the Margot Robbie call, didn't he? He knew exactly how to how to just hook him in on that one, which led us to a, a question without notice for you. So we were thinking this morning, if you've got say say you've got six passes for you, how many do they get in the in the players' box? Is it six or eight? It's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a th- what about three rows there in the box. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you, I guess if you're Roger, so Merker was always there, and plus the two sets of mm. twins. So if you're Roger, you've you've got full up with family. If you had a couple of seats left spare, and you were out there playing, is there anyone in particular that you would like to see that you give <laughs> you'd give the passes to? <laughs> oh, be, good question. Be careful, BP. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trying to um, go. That's a good question with that notice, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you think about it. I mean, let I'd me digest that. Yeah. I'd say I'd say somebody like Lave. You know, you'd want Rod Laver, for instance, but more than likely he's he's in his own throne, isn't he? He's in seat one A anyway, so he's already there. Just on Novak. So tonight. First up on Rod Laver Arena for the night session is going to be a big one. So what does Andre Rublev have to do to try and try and get on top of a red-hot Novak Djokovic? <laughs> yeah. He'll be contemplating that today with his longtime uh, coach because, I mean, he's a good ball striker, Rublev, and it's all out assault uh, as soon as the match starts. He's not easing into matches, and he doesn't know how to take the pace off the ball. Well, I have seen him slice a little bit, which is a little uh, a little bit different uh, for Andre uh, this year. Look, he's got to obviously keep a lot of balls in play. This is the problem. When you play Djokovic, he wins those plus nine-shot rallies because he gets with incredible depth, and he uh, doesn't always need to pull the trigger because he knows at some point in the rally his opponent is going to overplay because – they're thinking, well, I've got to go a little bit extra to get um, get past Novak, who, you know, just parades along that baseline. So, look, I think it's going to have to be, yes, the aggression, but really controlled aggression from uh, Rublev. And, look, it, it almost seems like mission impossible, uh, but I think he's just got to go out and not focus too much on the other side of the net, just be confident about his game, which, you know, in a lot of ways does stack up. Uh, but there is a gap and he's got to take his chances when they're there. Um, yeah, I mean, mix it up. That's what yeah. Demonor didn't do the other night. You know, maybe do things a little bit out of his comfort zone. And that, that's what led to be a fly on the wall in the coach-player discussion uh, today. I mean, we know he can hit the ball hard, but you know, throw in a drop shot. Be be a little bit uh, daring. You know, Just try and create something that can um, unsettle Novak a little bit and get him out of his rhythm. So we'll see if you know, Rublev's got the tools to do that tonight. Yeah, go for broke. We'll see how it pans out. I'll let you off the hook with the uh, two passes question. You can, you can have a day to think about it. We might check in with that one tomorrow. Enjoy day 10, mate. Indeed. Thank you, Matt. Brett Phillips there. Our Australian Open coverage starts at 7 o'clock Eastern Daylight Saving Time. So just jump on to the SEN app. Um, just go to our app and you'll be able to find your way there. It's very easy. Great coverage too. Thanks to Kia, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. So we're sort of going on two fronts here. We're, we're taking it down the lighter road. Of you've got two passes, you're out there, you're on centre stage, possibly for the first time. You look around, you don't have any of your family or you haven't filled up that player's box. Who do you go and offer it to? Especially knowing you're in Victoria, you're sitting there. Who do you offer it to? What's going to get you the most? Well, what's going to keep you in the match for a start? And also what's going to get you the kind of support that you want from the crowd and the coverage and sponsors so let me know your thoughts around that. But also the more serious issue of what's the media's role and, and what are the players' role here? And is it enough of what we're getting? Or are we going too far in terms of how we're portraying or how the media is portraying these players on the world stage? The heroes and villains, the headline acts. Is that the way that we need to continue to look at them? Will it take out all of the fun factor and the broader factor that those who don't follow tennis week in, week out, then get engaged in. I mean, it's a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a seesawing battle, isn't it? The players understand that they have to do it. The media quite often will want to push it as far as they can, but the players know if they back down, then the sponsors won't be there because the eyeballs won't be there. So it's, 
it, it's push me pull you kind of territory. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Have your say on the text line or the open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy.